Hey guys, it's your girl Boonie, and you're listening to episode 74 of the Boonie Breakdown Podcast. The podcast that we sometimes cry, we always laugh, we might get a bit ratchet, but we're forever gonna break it down. This week, my guest is Kiara Boone. That's right, cousin Boone. <laughs> but Kiara is a freelance writer and a self-proclaimed new book smell enthusiast, okay? Uh, Kiara and I chat about working the nine to five life while funding the five to nine dream, okay? It's so real. And we, we chat about how you manage all of the responsibilities of your life while having the added responsibility of pursuing your dream. So stick around for that conversation. I also want to thank you guys for allowing me <laughs> to take a day. I, this episode is being released late because I just didn't feel like editing. I didn't feel like doing anything. And so I didn't. And so now I'm playing catch up. Um, and I'm releasing this episode about a day late. So thank you guys. I know some of you have a very strict podcast schedule. I know I do when I listen. So Mondays are your boonie breakdown days, but this week it will be Tuesday. And so thank you for allowing me to have that time. Let's get right into boonies pick of the week. Uh, first of all, I cannot believe that, uh, Insecure only has one episode left. I'm not doing really any spoilers, I don't think, but if you want to skip ahead a few minutes, you can go ahead and skip to housekeeping if you like. But I have to say my pick of the week is my motherfucking twin spirit on television, Kelly from Insecure. She's the best fucking character on the show, hands down. Nothing she does annoys me. It doesn't piss me off. Issa is fucking awkward and dumb. Molly is just like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. Like she's just fucking uh, so the epitome of self-sabotage, right? Is Molly. But, and, and, and Tiffany is just too much for me. But Kelly is amazing. I love her because I see myself in her and she's had some of the best one liners. Um. <laughs> this whole season right and so i know everyone is complaining like they need to make the insecure episodes longer but if you are an hbo show fan uh you know that's never going to happen hbo has a 30 minutes formula for comedies what i will say i would like to happen because i know what's happened with some of their other comedies like veep and curb where the um the series got more episodes per season. So I would love to see Insecure possibly go to a 10 to 13 episode season versus this eight episodes we have now. But Kelly has been the fucking winner this year. Um, the one episode when they did Beyonce a bust and she was like, uh, we going to do some pills. Yes, 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 yes. Like she's just had so many great one-liners. Don't look a, a, a gift dick in the eyes or whatever she was saying. Like, I just love Kelly. She's the only one who just does not piss me off. And then a close second to Kelly is Chad. Like they provide the laughter and uh this is a spoiler so you can skip ahead 15 30 seconds um this yesterday's episode when they went to church and he walks out of church singing wade in the water like <laughs> like what like you can't make that shit up so kelly is amazing chad is second to her um i am curious and let me know because we obviously can see that they're gonna make Issa and Lawrence have some type of connection, right? We see that that's coming. So what do you think? Do you think they're going to get back together? Do you think they're just going to fuck? I don't know. But let me know. Tweet me, DM me, email me, and let me know what you think is going to happen with Issa and Lawrence. All right, this housekeeping. Um, first of all, I just want to thank everyone, uh, the ladies who brought a ticket to the Perfect Breakdown, our meditation and journaling event. Um, we had an amazing time this weekend. And if you missed it, you missed it. Um, we had episode 29 guest, Gigi Renee. Uh, she hosted a workshop for us on um, kind of doing some self-discovery through journaling. And she provided some amazing prompts. If you weren't able to make it, you can head over to her website and purchase her uh, writing the many layers uh, book. It's also on Amazon. I think it's on Amazon Prime too, if you want it. But it was just a dope day. Uh, we shared lots of tears and laughs. 
And it was just a great energy in the room where it was supportive and people said it was just truly a transformational experience. So I just want to thank all of the ladies who came out and poured into that event and shared something of themselves. It just made it for all around an amazing event and look forward to uh, Kim of Pish Posh Perfect and I doing some more perfect breakdown events. So you don't want to miss the next one. Promise you. And speaking of missing Booney's events, uh, don't forget November 2nd, Baltimore, the responsible and ratchet edition of the Booney Breakdown Live. I have Vanessa of Vagisteam, Brian, who you guys know from this podcast. Um, we're going to have a good ass responsible and ratchet time. Uh, this show is sponsored by New Liberty, New Liberty Distillery. God, that's a lot of syllables. Um, <laughs> but shout out for sponsoring. We're going to have some vendors. Our vendors are going to be Creative Culture Lifestyle, Honey and Petals. Yes, they're coming all the way from fucking LA. So what's your fucking excuse that you haven't gotten your tickets yet, right? And we'll also have Sweetest Hands um, vending at the show. Some amazing giveaways from podcast favorite, uh, Be Bird Watcher, Spiritual Stones. Also, Uber Loop. Yes lube i mean what did i say responsible and ratchet so you want to get those tickets i keep telling you guys they're going to sell out people are buying two three four tickets at a time which is amazing i love you thank you and let's sell this motherfucker out grab your tickets at theboonybreakdown.com backslash live okay theboonybreakdown.com backslash live a link will be in the show notes as well Last week's episode with Mecca, the, the feedback on this one was interesting. I feel like no matter how many times I have Mecca on the show, I still get more and more questions about astrology. And I think that just speaks to the vast world of astrology and how many things you can pick and know and what you can always still learn. And a lot of you want to know like where you can get a natal chart done. Um, for me, I think you can just go to like astrologycafe.com. I think that's where it is. Um, and you can go in there and put in your like, time of birth your birthplace birthday etc and that is how you receive your natal chart so when we were talking about the planets and mars and venus um i mean um, the signs and um mars and venus because those are the planets uh that is what we're talking about so you get that information from your chart so you can find those free on online if you just google free natal charts in atal natal charts um that is how you find out and i know a few people were very interested in the mars versus venus one because uh you know that that um just your feminine and masculine energy and so when mecca was explaining that i know a lot of people did go do their charts to determine uh what sign was in their mars and venus so it is very interesting when you look at your chart because sometimes people say like oh my sun sign is what you're born in. Like, you know, I'm Sagittarius. And it's sometimes like I am a true Sagittarius for the most part. But when you look at your moon sign or whatever, that can also, or whatever your rising sign is, that can also give you more insight into who you are. So just Google free natal chart. It'll come up and you can get that information. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, The Boonie Breakdown. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Boonie Breakdown. And when sharing this episode, use the hashtags, The Boonie Breakdown, the hashtag pod in P-O-D-I-N. Uh, again, just a reminder for those who are new to the podcast, the pod in pod hashtag is not my hashtag. It is a uh, berry of podcast in color, but it's a great community that she's developed of uh, podcasts run by people of color. And so it just gives me a little bit more reach when you share it and more credibility that it's not me promoting. It's what people are listening to. People actually search that hashtag just to find out what's popping in these streets. So again, use the hashtag, the booty breakdown, the hashtag pod N P O D I N. And that is it for me guys. So let's get ready to break it down. guys it's your girl boonie and i am here with my cousin we joke we play cousins y'all <laughs> uh kiara boone welcome thank you for having me i'm so excited I'm finally a- can do it cousin <laughs> we've been trying to do this podcast for a while guys and um one huge internet company won't let me be great, but uh, we won't be stopped. We're finally recording, and I'm excited. 
Sure was. But, better call them and get a credit. I always keep track. When it's an outage, whatever, I need something. I don't care if it's like, 35 cents. Take it off the bill. <laughs> yeah, please. Because the, the bill is too damn high. Okay. So I'm at Key Era uh, in D.C. at like a bloggers conference. And I was helping out the homie Joy at... Um, her at the event, she was speaking as a panelist and she had a table there selling her book. And so Kiara is a bubbly ball of energy. And she came over and she's like, I'm a supporter sister with a book. And she bought Joy's book. And then she Joy put me on like, oh, my friend got a podcast. And she asked me all about my podcast and she followed on Instagram and she's been rocking with me since. And that's dope. Yes, and I would say this. I'm going to say this too about you. You are one of the like most active feedback providers for episodes in my DMs. <laughs> you know me. I got something to say about everything. I appreciate it. And so you also now are getting all the bylines. Okay. I've been Congrats on the here. Essence byline. That's Thank awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you to Joy. She the plug. Now <laughs> she's the plug yes she definitely you know made my dream come true right and for essence is you know the black girl holy grail and i still can't believe i've been screenshotting all week like oh my jesus oh that's so exciting so can you tell other people like how did your passion for writing come about i've been writing since i was six professionally since i was 17 and I really like it because I talk a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> with writing, you can say exactly what you mean. I mean, we're all human, so there's all going to be times where we like can't articulate and we can't get like completely specific. But with writing, you can get as close as possible to mm. saying what you're trying to say and okay. that, like conveying what you want to say and describing things. Like I'm a super verbal person and not as much visual. So I'm always comparing things to other things and being able to put that down in words means everything to me. I love it. So what has been like your favorite publication outside of Essence that you have received a byline in? I would say Love Brown Sugar because they were one of the first to give me a chance, especially I'm 28. So your average intern is a college freshman. And I actually didn't start interning until I had graduated college because I couldn't. I had two jobs all through college. I have four jobs now. So I work. Yeah, I was working and I was really nervous because you have these kids who are able to work full time for free and just hang around and wait for an opportunity. And I couldn't do that. And they were willing to give me a chance when nobody else would. So I always have a soft spot in my heart for lovebrownsugar.com. And what age were you said you were doing the, the internship like full-time? Like was you I wasn't doing an internship full-time. I was never able to do an internship full-time. Gotcha. Because okay. I always worked. I always had other priorities. And people always say like, oh, well, you can do an internship full time and go to school full time and work full time. It's like you can't be in two places at once. So for me, I had to wait until school was over so that all the time that I was spending in school, I could put towards an internship. So the second that I graduated, I was 23 when I graduated. So she gave me an opportunity literally right after she needed. I graduated in December. She needed fashion week interns in February. And I just started for Fashion Week and I never left. So now you're juggling four jobs. Yes. So how is that? Like, how are you maintaining and sustaining, you know, your your daily needs while also like chasing the dream of being like a full-time writer? Say that again. Making sweet love to Google Calendar. (laughs) So are you, you definitely have gone digital. You don't write your, you don't have like a, like a paper calendar. No. The way that I like writing is a job for me now. So the way that I still enjoy or when I'm writing for fun or I'm trying to work out an idea that I'm not publishing, I do that on pen and paper. But 
I type everything in my phone. I use Google Calendar and I use Wonderless, which is my favorite to-do list app to oh bring my, all I heard of that. into subcategories. Oh, it's amazing. Like you can have a to-do list, like in your case, you can have one for work, you can have one for the podcast, you can have one for personal and family obligations, and then you can have one for whatever else you need. Look, so I have I'm one in that one down. For my job, <laughs> one for Hello Beautiful, one for Madame Noir, one for Essence. Now, I literally, the day I got hired at Essence, made a to-do list for Essence. And I also have a to-do list for school because I'm in school too. What are you in school for? Public and organizational relations. Oh, come on now. So school starts September 5th. So I have a to-do list for everything. For every single thing you do. Including friends stuff. Like I literally have damn, I haven't spoke to this person in a while. Let me call this person or let me, like, I have everything written down. It's almost, uh, it is obnoxious, but it's what works for me. But I'm like, if you found the system that works for you and that's how you're able to juggle and keep getting bylines and keep growing your brand and the resume. So it works. You can't knock it. Yeah. It's also important to like, if I can get something done in advance, that helps. Like the second I get oh. the syllabus for school, I've already worked on whatever project. Like by the time they tell you to start the project, I'm already halfway through it. No, I'm I don't with know that. When I'm going to get a free minute again. I could get assigned a story. Something else could be happening. So if I have two hours, I would rather knock that out. Like school is done in December. I plan on being done with all my schoolwork by like the first week in December. You know, planning ahead, like time management is critical, especially for people who have, and myself included, who have the nine to five that, you know, fund the show, but who also have a uh, the nine to five, right? And then who also have the five to nine or the five to 10, the five to midnight, the five to one in the morning. That's the dream part, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, as of right now, like we're recording this at 945 at night you got to do what you got to do and it's it's so helpful especially for me because and i've said this before in other episodes where i kind of haphazardly just threw myself into the podcasting space like i was like okay all i need is a microphone in my macbook cool got it (laughs) but i had no schedule i had yeah i'm like i had no schedule i had no plan but that was not working for me because then it would be sunday evening and i'm like fuck what i'm gonna put out tomorrow since you i got consistent with mondays and so now having a schedule to record in advance so i have stuff stockpiled is amazing so time management works and i'm really i am going to download that app because i don't know i straddle the fence between like paper and digital and as savvy as I am, sometimes I, I like I still like a book. It's weird. I when it comes to reading, I would much rather read a paper book any day. Like I love the smell of new books. I will go to the bookstore just to smell books. Like I love paper, but I need access to things. So I can't be in a situation where I happen to leave behind my notebook on the kitchen table and now my day is in shambles. Gotcha. I, I, I can understand that too. Like I need to be able to look things up. Even writing, like for the most part, I write in Google Docs. Even if I'm not going to write the article in Google Docs, I'll like try to put together an outline or bullets or something. So if I leave one computer and I go to the next, or if I go on my phone because I decided to leave my MacBook at home, I still have access. I'm not like, and yeah, that, I'm not and, working. I'm not even trying to do a dig at the other folk, but that is one reason why I do really enjoy the Apple ecosystem. (laughs) Yes, because everything's connected. Everything is connected. I know if I put it on my MacBook, it's on my phone. If I put it on my phone, it's going to be there. I don't have time to be migrating and moving things (laughs) from different devices. And I'm sure if you have it all on one system with the other folks, then you can figure it out but they all need to agree on a system i don't care what the system is just pick one yeah it's gonna be evernote let's stick with evernote if it's gonna be i don't even know the names i don't either (laughs) but it's like i just just know that i put it in this device and it's on all of them and that's easy and works for me right yes so i want to dig a little deeper into you know 
maintaining a full-time job while you, you know, pursue your other passions? No. Do you, th- you think your vacation time wisely? <laughs> I can say that helps a lot. So do you use your va- do you use your leave from your your full-time job to Absolutely. How often do you do that? All the time. Like fashion week is coming up and the only reason that I'm going to be able to go to anything. I don't know how many shows I'm working or how many events, but the only reason I'm able to do any of it is because I sparse my vacation time out throughout the year. Okay. Are you excited for fashion week? Is this your first fashion week? No. This is number five, I think. Oh, come on, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you was going to be like two. No, this is number five. Okay. I mean, it's it's one of the first where my name is on the invitation. Oh. It's not like your boss gives it to you and is like, hey, go here. But I'm mostly getting invited to beauty stuff so far. So I'll be Mm -hmm. at Texture on the Runway. Okay. It, are, are those like, you know, when we're watching, you know, people's Insta stories and their Snapchats and stuff. I don't even know if people do Snapchat anymore. But when you're watching those things, like, are those events as glamorous as they appear to be? They are for the people who aren't working. It depends on what kind of, it depends on why you're there. Right. So, if you're a digital influencer, it depends on what type of influencer you are. If you're a YouTuber, you get to enjoy the party and the party is glamorous, but you also have to make sure that you're getting the kind of content that you were asked to get or the kind of co- content that your audience wants at the party. And then when you go home, like the party doesn't end when you swipe away from our Insta stories. When we get home, I have to write an article. They have to edit video. The next person has to do like, if you're a influencer who just takes amazing pictures and you just have to take a couple of pictures while you're there. It might be a little bit more glamorous for you, but even those girls have to edit their pictures. They have to know when to put them out. Like there's work involved. It's fun. Like the places are beautiful for the most part. The drinks are free. So that's always nice, but there's work involved. Like it's not just, we all got to go to a great party and pull out our phones and that was the end of the day. Like when it's time to go home, that's when the work starts. I never thought about that. Like you have to produce something from your time there because you are working. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as a free lunch. So you have the companies want what they want from it, but your audience wants what they want from it. So your audience is seeing you at a cool party, but they also want to know, does this work? Have you ever had a brand or, you know, a client be upset with the coverage you gave an event or like a write up that you wrote about an event that they, you know, asked you to to attend? Uh, I've had someone be upset about social media coverage where mm. they had a product that I was really excited to try and I promoted how excited I was to try the product. And then when I tried it, I didn't like it. And I did like some other products at the event, but that particular one was not brown girl friendly. Like any brown girl, like even the lightest of the light skin girl. (laughs) If you did not look like, you know, Scarlett Johansson without a tan, it wasn't working for you. So I said that and they were rather displeased. So how'd you handle that situation? I was just like, well, it was what it was. Like, I didn't like your product or did you so they told to me, offer them Well, we told else? you we're expanding our color selection for the holiday. And I said, well, for the holiday, I'll give you a fair shake. Like, invite me to that. And I'll say what I have to say about it. But the the brand didn't hire me to come to the event. My publication did. Like, that's just where okay. they were displaying the products. And it was my job to go and evaluate what I thought of the products. And if the product goes on my face and I immediately start to look like, you know, Cruella DeVille, that ain't good. (laughs) Not Cruella. (laughs) That's what I looked like. I looked... That is one of the worst pet peeves when people look chalky and they got the break the makeup break line on their chin or their forehead and they ain't blended in. Yeah. And it wasn't they actually had a spray and I told them like I like the spray. You had two similar products to achieve the same effect. One was a powder and one was a spray. And the spray was excellent, but the powder just 
it was a little scary. Oh, <laughs> uh, so like, what do you think about like? We're gonna shake it up a little second row here. This is a total tangent. But like, what do you think about the makeup industry kind of playing like a beauty world playing catch up after Fenty came out with their 40 shades? I've noticed a ton of brands now have been pushing. We have 30, we have 40 shades too. Do you think they had those planned in advance or they were being reactive to Fenty? I think a lot of the brands were being reactive to Fenty in the way one, it takes a really long time to formulate makeup. So a lot of these things were planned in advance. And many brands did have a color selection, but that doesn't mean that everyone knew that they had it. So you had brands that went and said, we've always had 40 shades. Well, you weren't marketing to Black women, so how were they to know that? If you're only taking out ads and magazines that feature women that don't look like black women and have nothing of value to say to them because they're not interested in reaching them. They're not doing market research with them. They're not connecting with them at all. You can't shade Fenty. You should really be shading yourself because you could have been money all along. <laughs> yeah. They don't. It just seemed like the after that, it was like an it. explosion. Yeah. Their marketing strategies, I would say, were more of a catch-up than the actual products. Than the products. Like, now it was like, oh, I guess we should talk to Black girls. Like, I guess they have money. Yeah, I'm just really shocked that people really don't expect, one, Black people and brown people to spend money, right? And then, two, the same thing with fat girls is like... Oh, they'll buy like they'll they they're gonna buy clothes. <laughs> I think those are the two like for being a black fat woman. I guess it's like those are the two big gaps I see. It's like how how people market their products with the fat girl thing. It really bothers me because one of the articles that I have written, I did write when I was in undergrad, even though I couldn't intern. We had hercampus.com. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I heard yeah, it, yeah. So like we had her campus and I did do her campus at my school because it's something that I could do while I was physically on campus in school. And I remember writing about a brand who I won't name because they've got their stuff together in recent years. But <laughs> I said, no one cares if you have extended cl- like sizes, if the sizes look like they're exclusively for 50 year old women. Yeah. That's not helpful to me. At the time I was a girl in my early 20s. And I wasn't yet at my auntie chic phase. And like, (laughs) so I was really upset that whenever, as I got large, I've always been a large woman. I'm not, one of the, I forget what blogger it is, but one of the bloggers calls it a new fat. Somebody has like been skinny all their life and now they fat. (laughs) I am not a new fat either. (laughs) I'm an old fat. Like, I've been on this fat game. (laughs) I cried in the children's place when I couldn't fit with khaki. (laughs) Like, I've been around. And it just rubs me out that everybody would make these clothes for these old women. Like, there were no fat girls under the age of 50. Yeah, I I will say, I will credit the one space where I will say social media influencers really changed the game was the fat girl clothing world. Um, the, the, The Chastities, the Gabby Freshes the Nicolettes, I really do feel like they really did influence some of these brands to say, no, this is how you should do it. And we will wear it. Well, some people will wear it. Some people will wear the bikini. Some people will wear the crop top, like make it. I was wearing a crop top style bikini at the beach on Monday. I saw your Insta story. Yes, I was living my best life. (laughs) I was comfortable and even that, I had to mix and match to get the bathing suit style that I wanted. The only brand I'll say that's usually able to make sure that I have tops and bottoms that fit me really well is Lane Bryant. And I think Lane Bryant okay. has been doing really well in being in conversation with like plus size women of all ages and all races. They really have stepped their game up a lot. Because I remember being in high school and being ashamed that I had to shop at Lane Bryant. Girl, now I can't okay. wait to go to Lane Bryant. Yeah, it's like, you know, I've, I've kind of 
I go in phases with them, right? Like, I know it's staple pieces that I can know. I can always go there. Like, I'm not going to put... Okay, let me, let me, before I go this extreme, I fuck with their underwear heavy, yes, right? <laughs> I fuck with their bras. Nobody can design a bralette I, like Lane Bryant. Yeah, so I'm like that they have the game on lock like it, it's 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 not even a question but everything else i kind of i i'm cycle out with them but that's just me with a lot of different things but um kasik i'm gonna fuck with the panties and the bras forever and ever and ever and ever i really love livy active don't, that is actually a great line as well. I do have a few of their pieces too. Skinny girls will come up to me in yoga and ask me where I got my pants, and I delight in telling them that you can't fit them. They don't make them. <laughs> I'm sorry, boo. like this is ex- this that exclusive shit, boo. Yes. So okay, uh, we we digress. We digress. But um, when y- you're you're a Jersey girl, yes, born and raised in Newark, right? I grew up in Newark and Irvington. I spent, okay. I always say I spent the equal amount of time in both, so I try to claim both. Because people who grew up in Irvington, Irvington is right next to Newark. So okay. from Newark because it's easier, but I lived in both. You you have a, of the blog, The Sea Letter. Yes. Why did you create that space? Because I know it has a connection to Jersey, so I kind of want people to understand why did you push that? The Sea Letter is everything culture, civics, and chic through the eyes of a Jersey girl. Okay. I felt like we were getting left out of the blogging space. I was seeing a lot of bloggers who are from Newark writing that they were from New York on Instagram because it was easier than like explaining where they lived. And when you look at the larger conversation around New Jersey on a national scale, when you think Jersey girl, you don't think black girl. A lot of people this is true. Blogs. I think Snooki. Yes, and yeah, she's think- not even from. Even that, <laughs> even if Snooki was from like Jersey, born and raised, had never spent the day anywhere else in that her life, you watch Jersey Shore and there's no black people. <laughs> and yeah, I spent my prom weekend at the Jersey Shore. I went to high school in Union, New Jersey, at a high school that had a lot of white people there. So when they were fist pumping, we were fist pumping right next to them. But somehow. <laughs> X style of that narrative and it just bugs me and the more time I spent in New York I think the more I appreciated Jersey because people would go oh you're mad cool like I didn't know you were from Jersey like I'm surprised and what does that mean like you don't know what it's like here because you never come here and they go oh well that's really far well you're as far from me as I am from you and when it comes to New York, when it comes to like Fashion Week or something, I can get from my house. I don't live on the edge of New York. I live like more far out into suburban New Jersey, but I can still get from my house to like certain places in New York before somebody in Brooklyn can. Like we're right there. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. And like, I think it's kind of a similar space here. Like, even though I'm not a blogger, um, but it's the same thing with the, the Baltimore gets overshadowed by DC. Right, because it's the bigger, the bigger city. So I understand. That. I just no, nuance I really... in it, like SZA's album. SZA went to Columbia High School, and Columbia is a high school that people who from South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey, go to. When she came out, I was like, "Oh my! I know this girl. Like, I know what girls from Maplewood are like. It's such a super specific thing that never gets talked about because it's just easier to say that we're all from Newark." Or it's easier to say that, like, this is what the Jersey Shore is. But there's nuance in everything. Everyone's experience is valid. And I just wanted to show a little bit more of it. Well, I think you are doing a great job with that. Thank you. I do, because I I enjoy your writing style. And it's cute. That means a lot to me. Oh, Are you, do you have plans? Okay, we're going to talk about dreams. Do you have plans to, like, write a book? One day I will, like. Do you want to be an author? I want to be an author and I really want to be a ghostwriter. It's coin and ghostwriting. There is coin and ghostwriting. And everybody is a part of somebody else's story, right? So it's really interesting to see how people recount the same events and get to a version of the truth of it. Yes. Because you read, I don't know if you heard, um, Gucci Mane's kid's mother is like filing for an increase in child support. 
because of that wedding that they did on BT. The reason I'm thinking about that is because I'm legit sitting in my living room right now staring at the autobiography of Gucci Man. It's on top of my bookcase. I heard that was a good it was so good. I would recommend that for sure. It was really good. But you read that book and then you get his version of the story. So you wonder like, okay, but what's her version of the story? And what's Keisha's version yeah. of the story? Like, that's why ghostwriting fascinates me because you get a chance to talk to the person, but you also get a chance to hopefully talk to their loved ones and their brothers and sisters and like see what's going on. I always feel like that's really interesting because you can't do that in a 800 word blog post. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, if you could ghostwrite a book for any person, who would it be? Beyonce. I feel like whenever you get a question like that, Beyonce is always the right answer. <laughs> no well, here in the booth, Rihanna would have been the better answer, but I'll let you ride with Beyonce, though. I feel like Rihanna wouldn't tell you enough. And Rihanna's moody. Like, I feel like you would go in on Monday with your notebook and your recorder and you would be ready to, like, get to the shits. And Rihanna would be like, bitch, I don't have the right strain to do with you right now. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go on your part of the island and I'll be on mine. And maybe on Wednesday, we can talk about it. And you would just been... See, that's what I get. I would get that kind of vibe from Nicki Minaj. I'm not talking about Onika right now. I'm not <laughs> I will not step on that landmine. Wanda took the bullet for us all. Okay. What you're not going to do is get the barbs to pull up my fucked up eighth grade pictures. (laughs) Baby cousin, because he is on my Instagram and they will find his social security number and ruin his life before he's a week old. Yo, (laughs) I think the barbs are like the worst fan base. (laughs) Little girls. Oh, they're vicious. Because it seems like that's all it is, is little girls. And- well, I mean, clearly based off that MTV performance. They are savage, like- and I want no parts. I yeah. defer to the violence of the barbs. And <laughs> I will say that you guys have very, very effectively scared me from talking about Onika. I will say that when I was fist pumping at the Jersey Shore, Onika was a large part of that. Okay. Oh, six, yeah. we bumped itty bitty piggy like it was going out of style and let me just say that. this from the queen radio show which i just thought was gonna be a promo thing for the day of the album i didn't know it was gonna be like a continuous thing but anyway that clip of her talking about you think harriet tubman was rocking around the shiny fucking dresses with a crown on her head yo somebody put that sound bite to the clip of peppa the pig <laughs> Hanging up on Sandy, which is like one of my favorite clips on the internet. And I have been laughing at this for two days now. I will tell you that I also enjoyed the pickle juice speech. (laughs) As somebody who works in the digital space and goes to a lot of these events, it does suck when you like leave your house and spend money on a train ticket and you show up somewhere and they offer you pickle juice. So I felt that in my spirit when she talked about the pickle juice speech. (laughs) i would just say um it's some quality memes and sound bites coming out of the menage camp these days and um she's an actress laguardia did their job that's all i got to say about that (laughs) but that shit that sound bite to the peppa the pig takes me out dm me that when we're finished i'm i will send it to you because I've literally been laughing at it for two days. Um, so you said you would ghost write for Beyonce. Do you have plans? Like, do you want to write for like screenplays or movies or TV or just strictly? Maybe one day I would love to do that. I just would like to learn more about it first. Yeah, I I, I feel like you know I'm better uh, with audio than i am uh with a written language but everyone like a few people have always told me and like one of my really really good friends um and if i ever did this i would have to like dedicate a book to her she's always like you have a story and you should like write it down but now i feel like maybe what if i met you for you to be my ghostwriter i would love that because the story is bomb and I, and most of the people are still alive that you can get all sides of it <laughs> that's important 
And it, it is. is hard to do. And I'm really big on context. Like a lot of my blog posts, I try to add in context instead of just saying like who did what. Because I think a lot of the media right now, especially in black spaces, can be really clickbaity. Okay. And they'll just go, well, this happened just to like get you to click on it. But they won't tell. They'll tell you what somebody said, but they won't tell you what the person said to them to make them say that. And I'll be reading it like, hey, that's not fair. You can't do that. So I feel like if the person was dead, I would go like super hard to like find the details. I think that's interesting about ghostwriting too. Like, let's say the person is from Florida and they're telling you about something that happened in their school. So it's interesting to go back and find out how many people did this happen to. Like, all that is public record. What was the yeah. income like in that area? What were people making? How many people rented versus owning? Like, all that affects somebody's life story. That's what we talk about now when we're talking about capitalism and inequalities and all the shit that we like to post memes about on social media. Where you're born and your zip code, like, whether or not you were born in Irvington and Newark versus Maplewood or South Orange, it really does affect your life heavily. It it does. It it really provides the lens in which you see the world. So I would love to like find a way to work that into somebody's story because it matters. I like it. It's kind of like, um, did you see, it was that, I think it was on ESPN, that documentary they did about OJ Simpson and they set up the context of his life by setting up like race relations in America at the time that he like went to college and shit i didn't see it but i heard it was really good i mean it was like phenomenal and what you're saying is kind of exactly what they did like that was like the context of the story of oj it was like race in america and um it was very fascinating i say i recommend that you watch it because i'm not even a big sports head but i just feel like oj is just one of those people that it's just like how the fuck did that even happen in real life you know timing matters so and that, that's not to say that timing excuses anyone's actions. Like, I was just listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. <laughs> my shit. And they were talking about, um, they were doing a Wesley Snipe, like, miniseries where they were reviewing his movies. And they were talking about, uh, what is the, I know the name of this movie. People are going to kill me for it. The movie where he played Nino Brown. New Jack City? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my God, I had a brain fart. So they were talking about New Jack City and the speech that he gives in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. And it, the character is a terrible person, but what he said in the courtroom was valid. And it was. <laughs> it was totally valid. And it made it's bigger than me, baby, or whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> he pointed out the banker. He's like, Yeah, and you going to jail too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, going down, you're going down with me. Everything he said matters. So you'll be so quick to dismiss what the person is saying because they have to get punished and they do, but you also have to fix the problem. Otherwise it's just going to keep happening. Or you could just ignore the problem and, you know, yeah. have gentrification and, you know, enjoy your loss. Well, you know, gentrification is just, it is, it's, um, I don't want to say the word amazing, but it, it is a sight to watch what is being done to a lot of inner cities um, across the country. The narratives with that are being spun are like really, even towards the people who live in a neighborhood who it's happening to them, who will argue for it is like fabricated. <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it does. It does. It, um, it, what is it's not, I mean, it's kind of some degree of brainwashing how, you know, like you buy into the good that is going to come out of this. Like, oh, we're, we're going to have a Starbucks and it's going to be a grocery store here. Not knowing that those very things are going to be the tools that attract other people that raise the rent that's going to push you out because you can no longer afford that, to live there. They are building two new luxury buildings around the corner because it's coming into like suburbs. Like it's not just the areas that are right by the city. It's spreading out and they're building two new luxury buildings. And I've been like, oh, snap, I got to make sure. I'm not getting no complaints. I'm doing everything right before I get that notice under my door because I'm even watching my neighborhood change, which is a primarily Latino area change, like before my eyes. Yeah, I was just in um, an area in Baltimore called Park Heights. It's the hood, and it's dark. It's like 
it was like nine o'clock at night and I'm watching a little white girl walk up the street by herself. And I'm like, the hell? <laughs> like you would have not seen that even a year ago. Like, where is she going? Let me tell you, I was downtown Newark one night. My friend is a well-known celebrity chef and she has a beautiful apartment downtown Newark. And I'm at her house and she asked me to go downstairs and get her something from the 7-Eleven. And as I walked out the door to go to the 7-Eleven by her house, it was a white girl. Because the 7-Eleven stays open late because it's in Newark right by Penn Station. That's a major, mm-hmm. like New York has a Penn Station and Newark has a Penn Station and they're both like major transit hubs. Like Antrap goes through there, everything. I see a white girl walking her dog and it was late at night and it was dark downtown Newark. And I was like, I have never seen no shit like that before in my life. Let me tell you, whenever you see a white girl, a white woman by herself walking a dog, your neighborhood is done. And she felt so safe. I was like, yeah, your neighborhood is done. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, apartment. Like I knew her apartment was nice because the apartment is like some better homes and garden shit. Like it's gorgeous. But I just didn't know that that's what her neighbors was doing. I was like, oh, this this what we doing now? Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I saw that recently. Seeing that, literally, that was last night. I was like, wow, white people are walking in Park Heights by themselves at night. And uh, that's the first telltale sign that <laughs> that neighborhood is gone the way that people spend like now just to get to like the original point of like everybody being a part of like somebody else's story like i was even talking to my uncle and it's happening in his neighborhood and he was like well what do you expect like people don't do this and people don't do that and i'm thinking like i get it but if these people have jobs where the job is paying them twelve dollars an hour and your rent is twelve hundred dollars a month when were you yeah. supposed to take off to go to that community meeting? Like, I'm blessed that I even have vacation time to be able to pursue side hustles and do other jobs and things like that. Some people can only work every day. Like, people can't even afford to get sick, take a day off. Otherwise, you might get That's shut true. off and like, take a day off. So when are you supposed to go downtown to go to a community? To advocate for yourself. Yeah, you And Lord it. knows they don't have the meetings at times that work for everybody. They're- they're always at 2 30 yes. p.m it's 2 30 on a tuesday <laughs> and we're gonna figure some shit out and if you don't like it you can write a letter You're, but the people that are asking to write a yep. letter are the people who came up in the school systems that were defunded that have like if they're lucky at eighth grade reading level when they graduate high school and you want them to be able to like properly defend themselves against people with armies of lawyers like that's just not gonna happen yeah, it, it it's 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 such a vicious cycle, and some of it is so well. A, a good amount of it is done by design, just like how you just explained that whole cycle. It's all done by design. So that's just my point. It, it all matters. Like Nino's an asshole, and he deserved to go to jail or get shot by the old. He got shot by the old man. Like he deserved. Yeah. He had it coming, but the context also matters when you tell those stories and that's what they were saying on the podcast so should i do a book about the next nino brown i'm putting the good bad and the ugly in oh my god that, that would be kind of hot and then you can option it for a movie and shit god willing. come on i'm ready <laughs> i'm gonna tell you like i told joy and i tell joy this all the time all i need is an invite to the movie premiere when the book it's option (laughs) it needs to be like it's good like and i'm not just saying that because i know her now when i was coming home the day that i met you guys when i was coming home because i went back home because i'm gonna tell y'all freelancers make nothing i had no hotel money (laughs) i hopped right back on that boat bus and came back home i was like i didn't want to get off the bus like i dm'd her and told her i don't want to get off the bus because i don't want to put this book down it's Oh, you know, it it was a good read. Um, But I totally told her and I think it will get optioned at some point. And I just need to be on the red carpet for the movie premiere. Like, can I get you to write a soda? (laughs) 
I know that's right. I know that's right. So so whatever she drinks so this is the part of the interview where we do the breakdown so i'm just gonna shoot out one word and you say the first thing that comes to mind okay okay the first word is beauty awesome but in like the old biblical sense of the word swag bags perk natural hair Marvelous. Newark. Home. Reality TV. Junk food. (laughs) And freelancing. Grind. One. Writing. Freedom. Well, Kiara, Cousin Boone, thank you for coming on the Boonie Breakdown. I would like for you to share and tell everyone where they can follow your writings across the interwebs, where they can follow you on social media too. You can follow me on social media at pinned by Kiara because people do cool stuff and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to write it down. It's P-E-N-N-E-D-B-Y-K-E-Y-A-I-R-A. You can follow my website, thecdaughter.com. I write for Hello Beautiful. Madam Noir and now essence.com. Thank you, Joy. So <laughs> you can follow the link in my Instagram bio, takes you to all three of those sites so you can see what I'm working on there. And also, I take over, I have taken over the Model Monday series for hellobeautiful.com. So if you have any models out there who would like to be featured on the site, you can send me an email at pinnedbykiara at gmail.com and let me know. You might be on hellobeautiful.com. Well, there you go. You got a plug and no, y'all can't reach out to Joy, but y'all can go buy her book. Yes, buy the engagement game because if you have some fuckboy problems in your life, it will solve them. Well, there you go. You can't get it much better endorsement than that. Be sure to follow Kiara on social media. Read her articles around the interwebs. Comment on them. Retweet them. Like them. Share them. Text them to a friend. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think that's all you can do. So again, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast. Thank you. Can I say homeless day? Oh, come on. I'm a fan. Come on. Say it. Homeless day. You guys do the whole thing. <laughs> The ratchet in me honors the ratchet in you. Homestay. Homestay. Thanks, girl. (laughs) Thanks again to Kiara for stopping by the podcast. It was nice to have Cousin Boone come on and share all about her accomplishments and dreams and how she wants to be a ghostwriter. Also, again, shout out to the plug Joy because her name was mentioned so much on this episode. But be sure to follow Kiara and click on all her bylines when you see them around the internet so she can keep being booked and busy, okay? And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts or any app that you listen to your podcast on. Don't forget to leave a review too. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't don't make those pretty images for nothing. Have a dope ass week. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratcheting you. Until next time. <laughs>